Warning, Star Trek from the holodeck contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Walk it alone! Fire! Holodeck 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! Commander Klingon vessel. We are energizing transport of him. Now. Star Trek from the holodeck. All right. So today we have a show planned where we will be discussing and breaking down Star Trek Picard. Season one, episode seven, titled Nebhinthe. Hello, David. How are you? Doing well, Captain. Hopefully. Hopefully this will be well. Yes. All right. So in this episode, Trek fans were given a TNG reunion that is sure to bring all kinds of emotions to the surface. And because this show has such a dark tone, I will say it was nice to see that for the most part, when everyone else's story is doom and gloom, Riker and Deanna Troy seem to have a happy life. They seem to be content. Yeah, I mean, there was some tragedy, uh, and we'll get into that in a bit. But overall, it seems like they're content and happy. I can even go with the overall aesthetics, how it was set up. Uh, They're living in a very peaceful environment. It was uh, definitely, when you contrast that to everything else we've seen so far, it was a nice way to show that at least somebody got a happy ending because because yeah. we know Chakotay didn't because he lost out on a great piece of ass in 709. Yeah. yeah that's so misogynistic. What I just said, <laughs> uh, obviously we know Chakotay didn't because seven and nine left his ass. There we go. There you go. Yeah. She got tired of those Kumbaya stories. And, and I do, I do appreciate that Riker is still honestly one of the, one of the coolest badasses of when it comes to the first, First officer. Riker was perfect. Riker was perfect. I'm sorry. Yeah. I like the fact that, oh, you're in trouble? Uh, shields up. <laughs> Everything around him. He's like prepared. Dude, Jonathan Franks slipped right into character. Yeah, he slipped into character. And I'm like, going, oh, yeah. Will has not changed. Everything <laughs> about him. His commanding spirit. His, uh, his intimidating sincerity there's 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 something he isn't he is an intimidating character Riker always has been yeah Uh, but dude it's so good Uh, I loved everything he did it was fantastic Uh, Soji takes time to reflect and come to terms with everything she's learned what she is of course she works through her trust issues using the loss of naivety was definitely a strong theme in this episode Dr. Agnes struggles with her decision to betray everyone and murder a man that she loved in cold blood. Plus, we kind of know what Agnes saw and that the Federation is, in fact, working with the Romulans. 
Everyone is afraid of sense and what they will do. Cue the low-hanging socio-political fruit, right? Fear leads to xenophobia, fear of sense. It's very timely. Yeah. All right. We're going to get into all of these things and more. But first, Dave, as per usual, give me your thoughts in a nutshell. Briefly. My thoughts in a nutshell about this episode. It is member berry heavy. Yeah. Very member berry heavy. In in what way? Because we just got Deanna Troy and Riker. Would you call that member berry heavy? Or just, or just nostalgia because you're bringing in two characters. You're bringing in two very important characters. Right. And then you're also throwing out names like Data. And yeah, Data may not have been in this episode, but you're still talking about him. But and now you're he, having now you're having three major characters from TNG wax nostalgically about mm-hmm. Data. Right. Okay. You're, you're, I, I, I kind of see that you're trying to, as, as the writers, you're trying to stir the memberberry pot and try to get your audience go, oh yeah, I remember this and I remember that. That was a little heavy handed. Overall, not too happy with the, uh, with the episode. The episode's not perfect. You're just coming out the box negative this week, aren't you, David? Fortunately. Yeah, <laughs> but as I've stated since the very beginning, we're in this pretty deep right now. Yeah. We have to wait to the end. Now, just to counter your initial thoughts, I'm not saying you're wrong because there are problems with this episode. Absolutely. And we'll get into all of that. Yes. With a fine tooth comb. I do agree they relied on nostalgia without a doubt, but I think in this particular scenario and i am against nostalgia as most people know that listen to our shows i hate the use of nostalgia it has become a writing crutch for many people it's become a television and movie crutch hey we have no ideas we don't really have a good story and you know it's really not interesting but nostalgia will save the day nostalgia will save the day that's the reason why everyone loves stranger things which let's be honest that show is an is an average show at best maybe a c plus but because you actually have the audience waxing nostalgically about like hey you remember this back in the 80s right dave so i agree that nostalgia can be bad but in this case i don't feel like they relied on nostalgia i don't think there's the whole member berry aspect i i feel like data is from the very beginning connected to the very foundation of this show so to bring him up i mean it would make sense and to have Riker and deanna troy it also makes sense to have them here because this is going to be a, a moment of reflection especially if you remember how this show was written uh, as a 10-hour movie, which, again, is the reason why we have many writing problems, because you can't write a TV show like a movie. It's very different. But this is the end of the third act, or the second act, essentially. And because of that, we have those reflective, introspective moments where you sit down and you ponder and you think uh, about what you lost and how you're going to get to, how you're going to stand back up and, and finish the battle. Uh, so I, I was okay with how they used Riker and... Deanna Troy in terms of who they are now, how they executed in terms of story. Yes. That's That's where I I have some issues, not with the Riker, but with the Deanna Troy stuff, there was some definitely some heavy handed moments that I felt could have been handled very differently. 
And of course, we will get into that. So let's let's just break it all down. Okay. The synopsis of the episode: Picard and Soji transport to the planet Nepenthe, home to some old and trusted friends, as the rest of the La Serena crew attempt to join them. Picard helps Soji make sense of her recently unlocked memories. Meanwhile, Hugh, who's dead, and Elnor are left on the board cube and must face a very angered and sexy Narisa. <laughs> All right, this episode was directed by Douglas Arniokoski and written by Sam Humphrey. Now, this episode, despite the many things that were happening throughout the episode and the the, the scene jumping, it was relatively a simple episode. Going back to what Shabon had originally said about the scripting of the show, Dave. This has been a talking point since the beginning, and it will probably be a talking point until the very last episode. And of course, that talking point is this being essentially a 10 hour movie and written as such. We had theorized that he would break the season up into three acts. Uh, Judging by, by how this episode felt, this was definitely the end of the second act. It's when all is lost. Feelings of hopelessness, reflection, and gearing up, and all that typically entails for the battle to come. And this episode had all of that. Picard voicing his issues to Riker and not knowing what to do next. Soji wrestling with her own existence and trying to understand what's going on. All of it worked to strengthen that idea that this was, in fact, written as a 10-hour movie, and we are getting ready now to move into the third and final act. And I think that's where the problem lies. Uh, because this show has been written as a 10-hour movie, and he's tr- and the writers are trying to pace it out as such, you get problems like we've had in this episode, but not just this episode, Dave, in the, the entire season, because when you go back... I guess this is going to be the ending of our second act as well, Dave, because when you go back and look at everything and you ponder and allow it to marinate everything that's transpired, it's quite simple. It's convoluted, but it's simple and not a lot has transpired. And I think that's one of the biggest problems with this show. There's a lot of things being thrown at you, but none of it's really connecting and moving the actual story forward we're still kind of stuck where we were in episode two Bakar still trying to figure out the mystery behind soji and guess what we've had six episodes to figure out what so well hold on let me backtrack we had dodge seek out Picard. yes after that happened he decided to seek out the twin soji yes that's all that's happened. That's all that's happened. And you you have like this hamster in the wheel syndrome, what I say when it comes to writing, where you, you're stuck and you just are writing yourself in a circle time and time and time again. And the hamster's not moving anywhere. But you feel like you are because, hey, he's constantly moving, but he's not going anywhere. Exactly, Dave. Because people may say, well, what about the Romulans? And, you know, you have the story of Agnes and Rios and Raffi. I'm like, that's all filler. That's all filler. Because this is a serialized show, we don't have those classic filler episodes. 
those one-offs. So they're putting them in order to create character development for our other heroes. We're giving them bits and pieces of things to do. But overall, when you really look at it, what is it doing really for the story? Other than creating a bit of confusion as to what we should be watching, what's important, what's not. There really isn't a lot of cross connection between our heroes either. Uh, they have seemed they seem to have even forgotten some of the setup for Rios and who he was. And I, I'm not ready to get into that quite yet, but we will because I have some things uh, pertaining to that as well. Yeah. Now, Riker and Deanna Troy, Dave. Were more. And this is where I guess you and I disagree. And if you want to push an opposing thought, then please just interfere. Yeah. Um, Riker and Deanna Troy were more than just nostalgia pieces for me. They served a purpose to the story. Was it great? No. But essentially, they were writing devices to get some ideas out in front of us. The tragedy we had spoken of at the top of the show. Riker and Troy apparently had lost a son due to an illness that is curable if synths had not been banned. Banned. And insert eye roll. Exactly. That's where I take umbrage with it. Oh, umbrage. Yeah, I take, I look at that, I'm like going, number one, that's so forced just to throw that in there. It's 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 just like what you said. It's eye rolling, Dave. And, and on and top I, of that, to come up with a character that we could have all been introduced to since the beginning, the children of Riker and Troy. But essentially, what you're doing is basically saying, "Hey, you know that son that they had that we never introduced? We're going to use him as an excuse, as a MacGuffin, uh, yeah, as exposition." That's it. And it's like, I'm not against, I'm not against because we're dealing with characters that we haven't seen for years. I'm okay with them saying, Hey, they had a son. Hey, they got divorced. Hey, this happened because a lot of time has passed and it's, it's logical to believe that things happen. But when you've never heard of these things and then you use them, and introduce them all in one episode just so you can express an idea like we needed the sense. We needed artificial life in order to cure our son. It, you're right, Dave. It feels very heavy handed. It's heavy handed. It's contrived writing. And you're insulting your audience. You're insulting the audience, essentially. As the as the writer, you are, you're looking at them and saying, hey, you know this... We all know that you guys would love the fact that Deanna Troy and Riker had a happy ending and they have a children. They have a family. They live on a, this nice little planet. But we're going to use the child, the children who you guys like as an excuse of just promoting an idea that they are to to their story. The idea of artificial life aiding in some type of medication to save human lives that actually works, but that concept would have worked better and it wouldn't have felt so heavy handed if they would have introduced this argument earlier in the show. Yes. Even now that would be an Easter egg 
maybe it's not an exciting Easter egg that you would write home about, but that's what an Easter egg is. Or- an Easter egg is something introduced secretly, uh, subvert, subversively that you don't really know how it will have an impact on the story, but there's a message there. This should have been discussed in episode one, what? episode two, while Picard is watching news yeah. uh, that, oh, the controversial uh, ban of our artificial life has also left the medical world in chaos because yes. of its obvious um What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, practical use. Yes. The practical use of artificial life has pushed forward, you know, human medicine. If they had introduced that thought, suddenly you're like, oh, so now they're connecting Deanna Troy's, uh, Deanna Troy and Riker's tragedy to the need of artificial life. Then you're like, that fucking works. That is great. Yeah. But or even I even wrote this down in my notes is kind of like, why bring up the fact that their son died because he couldn't find treatment because synth life was banned? And and it's very convoluted, right? Easiest solution. If you wanted to actually add something substantial, you should basically just say, hey, you know what? Make the son one of the victims from your opening tragedy that you just had in Picard on Mars. Have him one of the people that was killed on Mars. That wouldn't that, look, that, but that would see if they did that, that would have changed. Dave, you're not wrong, but I'm just saying that also would have changed the tone that they were trying to deliver with Deanna Troy. Then suddenly you're going to have all the Star Trek fans upset that everybody has had a bad life. Everybody, all of our TNG favorites are just, you know, all of our TNG era favorites are, 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 are living a depressed life. All of their lives just fell apart. Oh, you so, mean a, a real life? <laughs> yeah, but also it's it's not Star Trek, Dave, at its core. You have to have something. You got to have silver lining. So I understand why they didn't do that. But if they just would have connected the, the practical use in terms of medication and artificial life. Since if, the beginning? It, it, it would have made sense. It feels like they're writing things episode to episode. Oh, you know what? What if we did this? And when you do stuff like that, you create inconsistencies that just feel off. Yeah. Now, speaking of inconsistencies and something that almost broke the show for me, like, and when, when I say break the show, I mean something that is unrepairable. It's not just bad writing. It's something that undermines your entire concept or setup of your show. Now, I don't know how many people picked up on this, but it's something that really bothered me in this episode. Now, I'm not quite sure how to voice my many issues with the daughter. Okay. And look, I get it. She's a cute kid. And there were some charming moments. She, the young girl who played uh, the role, Kestra, was great. To see the legacy of Riker and Troy is something we thought we'd never see, and it was fun. And she's it was fun. She's a, she's brilliant. She's a likable kid. It's awesome. But I fail to see the logic behind why she was needed. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, Dave. The writers used Kestra to create a bond of trust with Soji. It would make sense that Soji would feel vulnerable and untrusting. So, yes. If you're writing episode to episode, yeah, it would make sense to do something like that in this episode, especially with what happened in the prior episode, right? Yes. But wasn't trust in Picard embedded into her 
DNA, air quotes. Isn't that what her sister Dodge said? Every part of me in the very first episode, Dodge said, I'm going to paraphrase here. Every part of me says that I will be safe with With you. you. Her mother, her fake mother, who was programmed to tell her to see Picard when she was in danger. It's been programmed into her her to know that she can trust Picard. So this entire episode dealing with the mistrust, it all makes sense that she would feel vulnerable. But it should have been written with a betrayal of confidence in herself, her own inability to know who she can trust and who she can't. It would have been better if she said, you know what, if she repeats what her sister said. When her and Picard were talking, everything in me tells me I can trust you. But because of what happened, happened. I need some time Yeah, before I can commit to this trust that's telling me I can, in fact, believe in you. That wouldn't have broke the show. And see, that that is how you properly write that, that, that type of quote-unquote drama. Right, but if That's they did that, it. they would never have been able to use the girl that they wanted to introduce into this show. Uh-huh. And it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Dave, it comes damn near close to breaking the show. Uh-huh. You're seven episodes in. Congratulations, Shabon. You almost broke your show seven episodes in. I mean, some would argue he already broke it with that with that bit here. But I'm going to give him three episodes to explain why Soji doesn't trust Picard, Picard when it was embedded into them that they can. Yeah. And that is my biggest problem. I had such a big problem with much of the motivation behind this episode. I had a lot of problem with a lot of motivations for a lot of characters. And but then, just like what you said, is like you want to give him time and say, let's see what he's going to do, see what he's going to do. Yeah, if he he comes back, if the writers come back next week and they address the trust thing. But think about it. If they address that trust, what do they have to pull back on? Well, you could still have that conversation that I had just laid out. I'm like, you could still have it in the next episode. And it could fix this aspect, because that really bothered me. It's just inconsistent and illogical writing. It doesn't fit what you literally wrote seven episodes. This isn't factory television per se, meaning they're turning out, you know, they're churning out episode, 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 and they're filming. Then they're doing the next episode and they're filming. This is written all in one setting and then filmed. Yes. So they can always go back and be like, oh, shit, we know what we did in the, in the first episode. <laughs> they have time. They have time. So I, I'm not sure why they're having problems with things like this. And none of this was really needed. Any of these things we just went through because the fix was already predetermined. It was set up. The trust issue was actually set up in the first episode to trust Picard. It's the reason why Dodge sought Picard out. And eventually, and inevitably, got herself killed. And it it says a lot that they, the one thing that I came to realize is they brought up so many question, question after question in every episode. They're not answering anything. 
like it's one thing if like we say they want to bring up this cool concept okay bring up the cool concept bring up the idea but you have to come up with a bookend to it you have to otherwise your entire narrative is going to be like pulled back and it's going to drag yeah and you only have 10 episodes you're already on episode 7 and you mean to tell me that basically your 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 series is dragging all right well we already went into that like yeah. what well, do you have anything else you want to add to the whole like um do- so- soji aspect <sighs> the soji aspect is the one thing that basically it it, it, it it's just dragging there's it's all of a sudden you you you're the ha- just like what i said the hamster on the wheel well and yeah dude and that bleeds into that whole problem there bleeds into the next issue here um so we now know that tra- what transpired between dr agnes and commodore oh because the writers decided now was the time to show us uh <laughs> commodore O mind melded with agnes and showed her a future that would happen if the synthetic life were allowed to be to exist i liked and i liked the whole mind meld thing the mind meld thing okay that's star trek right it's star trek and also i do i will get behind the that idea as somewhat a bit of some motivation for agnes because we had struggled with that motivation what would actually drive her to betray people and murder maddox well knowing how powerful melds are this motivation does work a little bit better for me, but I still got to question. I still have to question a woman again, that has dedicated her life to artificial life to exploring, building, learning. I have to question. Would you throw it all away and murder your lover because of a mind meld? Now we know mind melds are very powerful. Yes. But she would completely upend everything she believes in for a memory that's not even her own. And it can't, and, and it's not exactly, it's not her own. She can't prove that it's actually real. Right. But again, we already understand as established in canon that mind melds, when the Vulcan mind melds with humans, it's catastrophic at times. It's, it hurts. It's emotional. So I'm actually willing to buy it. There's still some issues, but I'm not going to nitpick. I actually am okay with that. But from a writing point of view, once again, this got under my skin. As you know, David, I'm not a fan of creating mystery and or misdirecting by simply cutting a scene and not letting the audience see what happened. Yeah. Then you go back in a flashback and show the complete scene. It's very weak. It's very weak. It's very, very lazy. And if you do that, your payoff has to be epic. Well, I always better pay off. I always go back to a show and this might be a poor example, but. uh, Arrow. On the CW. I had quit watching. I want to say I I quit watching years ago because it just got really, 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 really bad. (laughs) There was a season where I finally just pulled the plug. I'm like, I'm done. I'm completely done. And it was with the whole entire season was about who was the man in this hood. Okay. The villain. And they had built up probably it's a 24 episode season. I believe it was like episode 17 or 18. Who is this man? Who is this man? Who is this man? And they're investigating the the various characters are trying to figure it out. 
And then how we find out is the writers just decide to show us. Yes. And he turns and faces the camera and pulls the hood down. You're like, well, wait, wait a second. That's you. We just found out the mystery of the show because you just decided to show us in a scene. Yes. Our characters didn't investigate. They didn't figure it out for themselves. You just decided, all right, now's a good time to show you who it is. You. Okay. There is no reveal. That's 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 terrible writing. It's it's blue balling. And I feel like that's what they did with this scene because we're supposed to we're supposed to I just feel like they held back the reason why they didn't show us what Agnes had seen was only because they needed to create that misdirection. Oh, Agnes is good. She wants to join the team, even though we all knew when she walked in right after the Romulans tried to kill Picard and his friends, we all knew she was bad. Oh, yeah. So why did you even attempt to hide this from us when we already knew? Now, now, there's no suspense to it because we knew it was coming. Exactly. And take this into context, Mike. If they just basically showed us the complete scene from the very beginning. That would have been better suspense because you would have been like, suspense. you would have been, holy shit, when is she going to act? When is, she when gonna is act? Agnes going to act? Is she going to fucking kill Bacard? Is she going to kill Maddox? Exactly. That would have been the appropriate way to build suspense. That's how you build suspense. And the way that they did it, it honestly. It was, it was lazy, Dave. It's lazy, it's lazy. blue balling. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. The whole thing with Agnes has been a tad bit heavy handed since the moment she showed up. And and remember last episode, I was like saying that basically I'm getting a little antsy about Agnes because I'm like going, what's your point in this freaking series? Yeah. Even her story. Yes, David, that was my next point. Her storyline has felt entirely pointless. How does it connect to Picard? I'm not going to go into all the various moments that just don't matter and could have been done without her, but I will wait until the end of the season, Dave, when we can see the entire picture. But as of right now, if you removed her from the show, nothing changes. Maddox. Okay. So Maddox is alive. Maddox would be alive. Maddox would be alive, but we would still be in the same position because Maddox knew where this planet was at, right? Yeah. Where the artificial life is at. And they also know where it's at. Because of uh, Soji recalling her memories. So we would be in the exact same scenario. Yeah, it, and it, writing 101, Dave, way back in our filmmaking days, our professor in film school said, look at your script. Remove something. And if you don't need it and it doesn't change one bit of the story, then do not put it back do in. Do not put it back in. It's one of the first things you this is this is fucking writing 101. Yeah. And like, honestly, the writing feels like it's being done by an amateur who is trying to smell his own farts. Yeah. Because he's saying, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to create this sense of tension doing this mystery. Then this mystery. Oh, the mystery of Maddox. Let's build up that tension and then have it drop just randomly by just by killing off Maddox. Yeah. David, when you're a writer and you're dabbling within mystery, you should never aim to write mystery that feels orchestrated. Yes. And that's what the mystery, all the mysteries in Picard 
are starting to feel. Yeah, the plot points are purposely hidden and we can see rearranged in order to maintain mystery. Mysteries need to unravel naturally and should be investigated by way of our characters. They need to be the eyes of the audience. That's how you do mystery. That's how you do mystery. We should not have ever known why the Romulans want Soji dead until she finds out. Can you imagine? What if we had an entire show up to this point and we're like, why do the Romulans want her dead? And then they introduce the idea of the artificials, the synthetics blowing up Mars, right? Fine. Leave that there. Introduce that. Even introduce the ban. And we have this mystery brewing of what is there a conspiracy? Rafi's ideas that she's had. That's been mentioned. Breadcrumbs. Great. Leave that there. But we should not have known anything about her potentially being the harbinger of or doom. destruction. Imagine if it was a Cylon final five moment. When they all found out when they were Cylons, if you remember Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Okay. One of the best kept secrets of all time in a show. It all unraveled naturally. She should have when when imagine if when Narek was manipulating her to get her thoughts out. What if at that moment she learned what she can do and what the risk of her being alive can do to the rest of the universe? And now she is struggling with knowing that she could bring death to everyone. Yeah, that is should have that should have been the reveal. She should have found out. At the same time, we found out, or let me say it the other way. We should have found out at the same time she found out. It would make her character that much more important. She wouldn't be essentially, and let me say this because I'm surprised there's not a lot more liberal progressives that are upset with her character because right now she's just an incompetent damsel in distress. Exactly. Is this the character that we want for our strong leading women roles? No, but that's what she's becoming. Her sister was a fucking pimp. Yeah. Her sister was a badass. Dodge was dope. Yeah. And all they really, and, and you know, not to dogpile on that, but like, if you think about it, Dodge as a character was wasted because if you think about it, take out Dodge, right? Dodge is only used to give Picard motivation to go find her, find Soji. She was essentially, again, looking at this as a 10 hour movie, the first episode was essentially the inciting incident. It's yeah. And right? that's what her death amounted to. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like going, this is just like, you know, Rikers, the, the, the writers using the Riker child to die. Uh, the death of, uh, of Ichbad. That's the motivation for seven of nine. And it's like, this is bad writing. Yeah, dude. It's, Flat out. You're yeah. using bad motivation. We have been we have been championing for seven episodes and it's just getting to a point now where like, okay, well, there's one problem on top of, of another. Of another problem, of another uh, problem. Uh, yeah, and I hate to say it, but you know, I'm not gonna say it right now. I'm not gonna say it. Let, let's move over to Rios, Rafi, and Agnes, okay? <laughs> Apparently Rios had no clue what's going on in his ship. He thinks Raffi is the one that might have sold them out to the Romulans. Now, this is another illogical decision. I want to say this. I want to, I want to. Well, I wanna... No, me first, David. <laughs> Why? 
He's playing her still. He, David, he's, he's got to be playing. He's not, David. He's an idiot. <laughs> believe. I have to believe because Rios is, it, it is such it. a good character. Is he? Dude, the way they introduced him. Yeah. And oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah. And the way everything. They, like this entire show. They the way they him. introduced things is great. Yeah, the way they built him, he should be very competent. David, okay. How do you not trust a, care, a, a person like Raffi? Okay, we're supposed to believe that they have, that their bond is tight. Yeah. That yeah. there is rapport between them. That they have been through it. And yet he believes she's the mole or the potential saboteur and not Agnes. My first, my mind would immediately go to the person I don't know. Human nature would tell you that. Yes. Would be human nature would drive all of us to look at the person we don't know and immediately think they're the culprit. They're the culprit. Not your best friend. It's very fucking strange writing. Why would they do that? It's weird, David. The only reason that I'm praying that it is, is that there's more to this than meets the eye. And Rios is playing. There isn't. Playing there, isn't. there isn't, David. There was a moment when he was questioning Agnes that I was like, okay, cool. He is suspicious of her. But no, he's not. And that EMH, what the fuck's his problem? Like, <laughs> the one thing that we've been liking up to this point. How too. does he not tell someone that she was murdering someone? <laughs> Where's the logic? You, you mean to tell me that the, thank you, the EMH, who obviously can see everything in his area. The EMH and Voyager, the doctor and Voyager, the first chance he, he would get, he would be telling the captain. How many times was he involved in rescuing and saving everyone in Voyager? Oh, countless. So in the future, EMHs are stupid? Apparently. Apparently. Because, like, I'm, like, going. So you mean to tell me that he sees everything in his thing, in his area, his medical bay, but he can't tell anybody about yeah. The fact that Agnes was the one who poisoned Maddox. Yeah. And I just thought about it. When when you see the EMH in this episode, he's like saying, oh, you know, Agnes was put into a coma, blah, 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 blah. And also, by the way, Rios, she murdered someone earlier. I've been meaning to tell you, bro. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like going. Maybe uh, he will. Maybe he'll say something. I think the jig is up. I think they do know that something's up with Agnes, especially because she was forcing food down her throat and drinking milk, which I believe she said at one point she was lactose she's intolerant. She was lactose intolerant. So I think she's trying to throw up the um, the tracking device, whatever it was. Yeah. So and that's why I'm like going, he has to be playing her. Yeah. And it's very strange what they're even doing with Rios because what happened to him? He was introduced as a dark, introspective, brooding character. Why does his characterization now seem completely off? It, he yeah. doesn't even seem like the same character. I mean, is he the same guy that we've met five up ep- that we met five episodes ago? And that goes right back to the problem. It must be the theme of this discussion here. Consistency. Consistency. There's there's no consistency, even with our, our characters and, and how they were introduced. And here's the thing, Mike. Consi- you want consistency? Another thing on Agnes? 
Why is she trying to throw up the tracker if she wants to stop them? Wouldn't it make well, much I, more sense to keep the tracker in you so that you can actually have them get caught? Okay, well, David, that's that. Now you're just not making sense either. I don't think you followed her. Maybe it's bad directing. I don't know. But the whole idea, David, was that she is remorseful and she doesn't want them to be found. That's why she said, do you want to go? Do you really want to go to um, what planet was it? Do you really want to go to Nepenthe? I want to go home. She she was she was aware that they were being tracked and she was remorseful and she was trying to prevent them from being tracked. She didn't want Soji to get captured and killed. That was the whole reason why she's trying to throw up the tracker. So the fact that you didn't get that, David, yeah, that's exactly what it was. They were doing. That's why she's trying to throw it up. That's why when he said, I think Rafi's the, the, uh, the person responsible for the Romulans finding us. And she's about to tell him that it's her. That's why she said it's not her. But if she wants to, but she knows that she saw, she she probably, she probably doesn't want to fess up to what she did because she murdered Maddox. But she also doesn't want to go through with it because if she just said, hey, Rios, Rafi, I made a bad deal here. I have a tracker in me. Let's try to get rid of it. So obviously she doesn't want to fess up either. She doesn't want to come clean, but she also doesn't want to go through with it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I could. I I guess I could get behind well, that, that. That is what it is. I mean, yeah, that, that, that is what it is, but it, 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 I, I'm serious. Watching Agnes in this episode, I did not see that till you actually explained it to me because her, her character is, you killed the, someone you love and now you're going to change your mind. Like it, it's dude again, consistency, it's, consistency. It's, yeah. it's infuriating. I, and I feel like we're beating a dead horse here. So let's just move on. I don't think we're nitpicking, Dave, because no. these are problems. These are real issues. Nitpicking would be like what a lot of people do that we've talked about before in shows. Like, oh, yeah. oh the uh, the the doors of the thing were were they the, don't they're not up to Federation specs. Yeah, yeah, that that's the stuff that that's we don't we nitpicking. don't. Yeah. All right. So another thing, Dave, the head tilt with Soji <laughs> again comes down to consistency. I thought it was cute, but yeah. I thought it was cute. Okay, Dave. But, but they seem to be writing episode to episode, as I said a moment ago. Yes. And then remembering things as they write. Oh, yeah. We need to have her head tilt. Well, why? Well, because Riker, we need to show that he's very. We need to show his deductive, <laughs> his deductive reasoning, reasoning skills and how he is. So his, his, his prowess when it comes to deductive reasoning. So we need to make sure she tilts her head. So that Riker can see it. It now, gives off a tell. Now, if that's something that she does consistently, yes, she has then done it. Sense. How many times has she done it? Maybe once that we've actually seen. I haven't seen her do it. I can't remember any other time that when it was that noticeable. I want to say three episodes ago. Yes, you're right. It is the one moment where it was very noticeable. There was, I want to say three episodes ago where she was in the board cube talking to Narek and she did her head tilt. I laughed out loud when she tilted her head. I started laughing because I was like. That's fucking strange. Why are they making such a point to show her tilt her head, <laughs> tilt now? Her head now? And then Riker's all, hmm, I put this together. I'm fucking Sherlock Holmes over here. <laughs> a, a, a person with the IQ of 73 could have put that together. And plus, and plus, the reasoning behind Riker, too, was like, I know, I know this, that, that very noticeable head tilt. And I'm like, going, dude, no, no. Yeah. That just, 
uh, in this next scene here, we need to have her tilt her head here so that Riker can brilliantly piece it together and say, hey, that's Data's daughter. Data's daughter. <laughs> Never mind the fact that basically. It- How did this episode get into production? That, that's what it comes down to. This is by far the worst episode of the season. By far. And it sucks. I would agree with that. David, it shouldn't have been. It it should not have been. This is the episode that brings fucking Riker and Deanna Troy and Picard back together. Together again. And it's the worst written, illogical, inconsistent, piece of shit episode I have watched. Like, I had my problems with the first season of Star Trek Discovery. I did. But I enjoyed it for the most part. I didn't look back and say I disliked it. I dislike this. These aren't just little problems. These are little problems that have snowballed into bigger and bigger problems. And they've accumulated and it's come to one big dramatic jism on my face reveal. I'm like, listen, the jig is up. (laughs) This show has some problems. And writers that write characters as being dumb just so they can move the plot forward should be cast into a fiery pit in hell in one of the deepest levels. For example, Narissa Rizzo didn't want to kill Hugh due to a treaty. Okay. Okay. And Hugh is dumb enough to talk about his plans and what he's going to do out loud in a board cube that he knows is being monitored. He himself is directly involved in the surveillance of the board cube and knows that every part of the fucking cube has cameras. Thank you. Thank you. You bad writing 101 yet again. Yeah. You dumb down a character so that you can move the plot forward. And it's like you're you're damaging characters doing this. And this episode you damage so many characters by trying to ham fist your ideas that it I agree with you. It is the worst episode of There are so Picard. many problems, David. Let's talk about the Riker thing. Okay. The the one quote okay. unquote uh, bright spot? No, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. No, no, no. Okay. When Picard tells Riker that he can't tell him about what's going on because he doesn't want to put him at risk. Yes. It's not safe. And then Riker says, okay, well, let me try to figure it out. Okay, fine. I let me figure it out, and you don't have to say anything. What does that change exactly? The Romulans are going to be like, oh, you know what? Bacar didn't tell you, so we're going to spare your life because you figured it out on your own. <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. It isn't a secret. Bacar didn't cross his fingers and hope to die if he revealed the truth to anyone. Yeah. He couldn't tell him, not because he promised not to tell someone something, and that would mean Picard. Uh, what is he, 12-year-old girl? I'm not going to say, but yeah. I will nod twice if you got it right. That makes no fucking sense. The point and the reason why Picard doesn't want to tell Riker is because knowing it, the knowledge of knowing what's happening with the Romulans and this conspiracy would put him and his family at risk. Yes. So the logical thing would, and it would have worked when Riker said, let me try to figure this out. Picard could have said, you know what? Don't even, don't even voice your thoughts. It's better if you don't even think about it. Yeah. That would have made more sense. It would have given Riker that, 
that moment that they wanted to give him where he can figure things out and have a point in this episode without making a moment between Picard and Riker that just doesn't make sense. I cross my fingers and hope to die. I promised I would not tell anybody this secret. Now, That's, get, uh, get, uh, you tell me about this idea that I had. The better way of doing this, right, to doing this scene, to give the motivation for Riker to figure it out, they had to actually kind of double down on Picard's trauma, right? We've discussed about how he's traumatic with the Borg. Traumatic okay. with the Borg? Or, or the trauma that he suffered oh, through yeah, the Borg, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. The other trauma that they should really honestly focus on, going back to what I was saying, let me get let me get my thoughts here because this was something that really did bug me. Because uh, uh, for me, the one thing they should have done was doubled down on the whole thing that started this series, Picard's own personal trauma. He doesn't want to tell Deanna and Riker and get them involved because of what happened to data that would have actually made more sense and then if you did that Riker actually forcing the issue and saying no let me let me figure this out because I know you need help that seems more organic and it adds to the relationship of Riker and Picard and how the crew views Picard like after this episode uh, before this episode actually I was like thinking to myself, well, Riker and and Deanna are going to try to help Picard. The story they should be telling is Picard being so traumatized by Data's death that that's why he pushes everyone away. Then at the very end, everyone from the Enterprise needs to come back and save Picard. Oh, that's so stupid. Well, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) If you think think about it like this. Sorry, David. Well, see, I'm trying to figure out how to save. Well, first off, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you're thinking logically, but also at the same time, talk about member berries. Hey, guys. Oh, yeah. It'd be be a member berry minefield. When you have a show. Okay, listen, I'll tell you why you're flawed. Number one, you are trying to fix the show. And your idea is a thousand times better than anything we've seen. Exactly. But if you have a show about Picard. You can't really have the ex machina come in, God, the unseen force come in, which would be the Enterprise and the TNG crew saving Picard at the last minute. You can't have that. The show's about Picard. He has got to fix the problems. He has got to be the person who solves the story. Otherwise, why are we watching Star Trek Picard? Why is it called Picard? And that's the, that's the problem with trying to figure out my, my own solution to it. That's, that's the problem with the show, Dave. Yeah. And we need to sum it up. We need to move on. But, like, that's the problem with the show, though. Like, we shouldn't ever be having thoughts like this. We shouldn't have When there's an like excellent this. show on TV that's written very well, you never once think, well, what I would have done is this. And I have said, you know, to our other hosts on this network, and I've said it about our, myself when we do discussions, is typically I never say this is what I would do. This is what we should do or this is what should have happened. We don't we try not to do that because we're not the writers of the show. We try to break down what we are given. But with an episode like this, when there's so many problems adding up, you can't help but say, why didn't you do this? How about you do this? Or what if this is what happened? And that's why there's a problem with this show. 
the fact that you and I are both doing stuff that typically we don't do. We're trying to rewrite the show while we're discussing it. That right there is the biggest problem of all. Yep. Because we that's a rule that we actually always talk about. We don't do that. We're here to break down what they gave us, not rewrite the show. It's not our show. Exactly. But there's so many problems mounting that we, up. That we're having the, that issue now. And, and, and David, I don't want to do that. I don't want to write the fucking show. Well, maybe I do now. I need, <laughs> someone needs to save it. But someone my point is, is that it. I don't want to sit down here for an hour and talk about what I would have done. What does that matter? That's, it's not fan fiction hour. Yeah. But the show is struggling, Dave. And I think because the show is pretty and it's action packed, I think people are just letting it roll right off their back. I'm like, ah, oh, Star Trek. Oh, that's pretty fun. I mean, my older brother's like, I love this show. I'm like, yeah, that's all I said. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, it is, it, it, it's having some writing problems, man. There, there's, there I'm getting is. scared. And just think we're only two episodes away. Yeah. Two episodes. I don't think we need final thoughts this week. I think it's pretty clear, right? Pretty Do we want to, you want to give our, our grade RMD score? If we're going to be taken seriously, I think we should. Okay. RMD score then you want to start. Is there anything else you want to add, though, just because I did cut you off? I no, apologize. Because, no, because I just feel like we're just going deeper and going, deeper into this hole of we're negativity. Falling, we're, we're falling into the hamster and the wheel problem. It, yeah, it's a vortex. It's a, it's a, a vortex. fucking Shaban, dude, is bringing a, us in. It's a Shaban vortex. It's a Shaban vortex. So oh. my final score for this one, I'm giving Shaban this. Oh, it's a fucking amazing. I love it. It's a Shaban Vortex, but because it's a Shaban Vortex, my grade on this one is a 60. It's it's very disappointing to me. I'm dude, I want to cry, man. It, it it's it's very disappointing to me. It's failing. And I get why people are excited by this episode. Hey, more power to you. I I love these characters. I love seeing Riker. I love seeing Deanna Troy. But I want to see these characters actually matter. Yeah. Dave, I knew there was going to be a problem when there was a Facebook post that popped up and they were promoting Deanna Troy in the episode. Oh, no, 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 no. Do you are you sure you want to bring this up? Uh, Yes, I do. And I I think I had mentioned it briefly, but they had said that she I think the caption was she is as fierce now as she ever was. And I'm like, wait a second. Deanna, Deanna <laughs> Troy was a pretty damn good character, but fierce is not a word that I would give her. Yeah, I wouldn't, you know, attribute that particular definition to her character at all. She is the opposite of fierce, but that's like the the buzzword now when you want to describe a strong woman. You use the word fierce. fierce. Oh, she's fierce. She's fierce. When has Deanna Troy ever been fierce? Have you not watched any of the movies or an episode of TNG? She's a great character, and she's a great component that helped build out Picard as a character. Her and Guinan both. But fierce? Now, if you want to describe a fierce character that helped flesh out Picard, Guinan, I would definitely describe Guinan as fierce. You don't fuck with her. No. Guinan. And she speaks her mind. Ensign, Ensign Rowe, even though so I, yes, yes, absolutely. But I would never describe her as that. And when I saw that post, I'm like, oh shit, something's going to be wrong. Something's amiss. This, something's, something's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. It's kind of like th- that. This is how you damage a character. Because to me, Diana Troy, Deanna Troy is not the type of person to be scolding you. You know, she's not the one to basically tell you, 
you need to do this, blah, 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 blah. No, she, the strength of that character is her empathy. There's a reason why the perfect foils to her character were Riker and Worf. Her tone and her delivery behind the way she said things matched her empathy and her telepathic abilities. Yeah. And to make her be aggressive in this episode, even if it was just for a moment to kind of, it just, oh. when we, <laughs> I don't know. All right. You want to give your score? I gave mine. What was it? A 60. I gave mine a 60. I'm going to give it a 58. I got to go lower. It gets points for Jonathan Frakes. I mean, he did great as Riker. Like, he really hit it. I'm hoping Patrick Stewart can light the fire under his ass soon. And we can get some more Captain Picard moments. Because I don't... I I just don't want to keep going into this negativity, but... Yeah, get out of the Shaban Vortex, Mike. I, I feel like even Patrick Stewart isn't really... Is he really Picard? In this episode, he didn't feel it. Besides the last episode when he got mad, that was the first time I was like, that's, that's Captain Picard. Captain Picard. There was a moment in the, I believe, the first episode, and then there was a moment in the last episode, in episode six. But for the most part, he just seems to be like... Almost like it's Weekend at Bernie's. Like he's be, he's being propped up. He's being a puppet. Yeah, he's just in the background a lot. You know, the story is about him, but it's not really being driven by him. Yeah. It's it's very weird. So, it's a 58%er for me. And it hurts me. Hurts my soul, Dave. And I hope people understand that I love Star Trek. So to even rate an episode, I don't think I've ever rated an episode of Star Trek ever. No. At 58%. Uh, 58. I, I would actually, from memory, this is probably the lowest piece of Star Trek. I think out of the out of all the new era of Star Trek, taking into all the episodes of season one of Q Discovery. Con- Q Continuum was a bit frustrating. Well, you're talking about all of Star Trek. All of Star Trek. Oh, that we've no, no. This isn't the worst episode of Star Trek ever. I'm sure there's got to be another episode out there bad, but... When you take into account all of the new episodes, the new Alex Kurtzman era of the Star Trek universe. Okay, that just I that. think this out of the three seasons of new Star Trek we have been given, this might be the worst episode. Yeah, I, I I'd agree with that. Yeah. It's and, and it Kurtzman's shouldn't be, Dave. It had sure. everything going for it. It should have been the fucking best. That that wraps this discussion. And hopefully next week we can put Bounce all this back. behind us. And Shaban can show us that he knows what he's doing, right? I don't know. Shaban Vortex now. Yeah. All right, David. Thank you. Thank you. Live long and prosper. Bless your Shaban. I couldn't help but notice your pain. My pain? It runs deep. Share it with me. End simulation.